solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? This is David Drogemeyer of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and it is Crossover Thursday, so that means I am joined by Cody Davis of Locked On Texans. We got to get into this one uh, on Sunday. It's going to be an interesting matchup. So on the crossover episode today, we're going to get into some questions about the Chargers that are going to be delivered from Mr. Cody here. Uh, then we're going to jump into the Texans. Uh, in the second segment, I'm going to ask some questions that I got that I'd like to know about this team and this organization. And then we're going to finish things up today with the predictions and what we think is going to happen in this game on Sunday. So first and foremost, Cody, how's it going, my man? How's everything been? Doing well, my guy. Glad to be back for, I guess, because the Texans not going to the playoffs. only have three more crossovers to do. Then my season is going to be over with. But other than the Houston Texans being a dumpster fire for majority of the season, I've been well. How about yourself, David? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it, it's a little bit <laughs> been a little bit more entertaining over here, right? When you got a team that's that's winning football games, and trust me, I've been there. I, I, I've been, <laughs> I've seen some really, really bad Chargers teams, some some three and thirteen, some two and fourteen. So I've mm-hmm. been there. I I know how it is. I know it's not fun, but uh, we got to get into this game, and we got to get into some questions about the Chargers. So I am going to throw this thing on over to you to kick this thing off. Yes, sir, David. And first thing I have to ask you. With Los Angeles coming to Houston at eight and six, it seems like the Chargers throughout the season, it's like they're missing something in order to be considered a championship contender. From your point of view, somebody who has been around the team, somebody who's analyzed this team, what is it that Los Angeles is missing? Because when I go back and I take a look at the six games that you guys lost, I think four of those six games, if I'm not mistaken, were one score losses. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the Chargers uh, have shown in every single game that they played that, you know, they're a, a very, very difficult team to blow out. And I think that really has to uh, go on the, the shoulders of the head coach. I think Brandon Staley has come into this organization and really changed things, changed the way the, the Chargers view things, changed the mindset, changed the uh, the culture. Um, he's much more of a, a, a a great players coach. He's very, very clear, a very clear communicator, very strong communicator. He's a guy that when you put on a press conference, you know, there's some coaches out there, Cody, when, when they get up to the podium, it's like, Oh my God, when is this going to be over? Like, this is just awful. (laughs) Brandon Staley is not one of those guys, man. You, you come away when you listen to his press press conferences, not only do you learn about football, you learn about life because this Mm. is a guy who's just easy to relate to. He's a cancer survivor. He's been through all his parents are, are went through cancer. I mean, and he he uses that as a big, you know, kind of foundation for who he is and kind of that mentality of, hey, if I can beat cancer, I can really do anything. And I think hmm. he's really instilled that warrior, uh, like warrior spirit into this Chargers organization and this team. But one thing that I think we have to go back to as far as why the Chargers haven't really been consistent is that this this roster, although, you know, top heavy with talent uh, is, is devoid of, of depth. And I, I think that's been the, the big issue here uh, where they've had a lot of trouble really getting on a consistent role because I think you've seen patches of brilliance from the offense and from the defense, but they just the depth and when those you know big key injuries go out and they miss those those key important guys, uh, that's when you kind of see 
what this team is. So as they get some healthier bodies back in the fold uh, going towards the end of the season, hopefully they can kind of build that semblance of consistency that you're looking for. Hmm. You mentioned that the Chargers are a team that's kind of top heavy. And I remember a couple of years ago, um, the Texans were also a top heavy team. That's probably part of the reason why they were they they were they were not able to get to that next step. However, with that being said, you guys have a very good and very young up-and-coming quarterback in this league named Justin Herbert. I remember I remember there was a time here in the city of Houston we were excited about a young quarterback, but hopefully the relationship between the Chargers and Herbert will actually be better so he can actually stay in Los Angeles, but don't want to get into all that right now. But <laughs> how great has it been just to see the development and the growth from Justin Herbert over these last two years? And I got I to gotta be honest. I did not know Herbert was having this good of a season until I was looking at some of his stats from as we was getting prepared to record 32 touchdowns and only 12 interceptions. Yeah, man, man, the the dude is the truth. I mean, it's been so fun to watch him and, and just watch his meteoric rise. And that's, that's truly what it's been. I mean, in his rookie season, he obviously gets to start in unceremonious fashion, uh, when, uh, you know, unfortunately the doctor uh, made that critical error and, and punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung. Uh, and then obviously Justin Herbert gets a, a start that he literally gets told two minutes before he has to go out there and execute offense where he hasn't really had a real training camp because of COVID. He didn't, mm -hmm. he wasn't a starter, so he didn't get a lot of the first team reps. So he went in there as cold as you probably can be. And, and he went out there and he balled out and he almost beat the defending Super Bowl champions at the time, the Kansas City T the Kansas City Chiefs, excuse me, and that went into overtime. And if it weren't for, you know, Anthony Lynn kicking the ball and punting the ball back to Patrick Mahomes <laughs> in overtime, the Chargers could have and should have won that football game. But um, you know, with this new coach here that they've really tried to revamp things and rebuild an offensive line for Justin Herbert. They go out and they get Rashawn Slater. They get Matt Filer. They get Corey Lindsley, the center. Uh, so they really, I mean, for the first time in probably a decade, spend some considerable resources on reinforcing the, the uh, offensive line. And that has really paid dividends for Justin Herbert because he's been able to sit back there in the pocket and make some absolutely laser, you know, just crazy throws I mean, across his body, throwing missiles 65 yards down the field and really just being able to create, uh, you know, off schedule. And there's not much the dude can't do. He can run. Uh, he, he, he looks the part. He is uh, he's also turning into more of a leader as he continues on in the league. So it's so much fun to watch this guy. And the Chargers are so lucky to have that kind of continuity of the quarterback position because hmm. they go from a, a future Hall of Famer in Phillip Rivers to pretty much going straight to Justin Herbert, who is one of the great young quarterbacks in the league. Hmm. And you know, before moving on, I'm glad that you actually brought up Phillip Rivers because I actually been dying to ask someone from the Chargers, you know, who covered the Chargers this question. You yeah. know, in addition to how great has it been, but are you guys a little bit surprised that you will actually go from a Hall of Fame quarterback like Rivers all the way to a now Pro Bowl quarterback in Herbert so soon? Because normally, like here in the city of Houston, you know, you have your 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 franchise quarterback when he's moving on. You have like you, it's like every team go through this three to five year period where they're just carousel they're just going through a carousel of through quarterbacks guys, yeah. and you know then they find their next franchise quarterback but you guys it took what two games after philip rivers left 
Yeah, obviously, we know that that's not the norm. Uh, we're very well aware of that. I mean, the, you only have to look no further than the, the Denver Broncos that's in your division. And hmm. you see them cycle through, what, you know, 15 different guys in the last, you know, five or six years. It seems like they have had a lot of different guys. Ever since Peyton Manning retired, they have just cycled through guys at the quarterback position because that's the most important position on the field, as you know. Mm. I mean, you if you don't have a guy who is at, at the head of it all, that uh, is at the, the command station, uh, that has all the controls there, that can go out there and execute the offense the way that you want it to, I mean, then, then you don't really have anything. I mean, that's the most important position in football. And the fact that the chart – and believe me, when the Chargers drafted Justin Herbert – I was like, I don't know about this guy. I just, I really I don't. I mean, <laughs> a he's got a big arm. He can make all the throws, but, you know, some people, you know, had some character concerns about him. Like he wasn't the leader and he was too quiet. All of those have since been debunked, you know, tenfold. Justin Herbert is not the rah-rah guy, but he lets his play do the talking. And obviously it's talking very, very loudly. And the Chargers <laughs> are incredibly blessed to go from Phillip Rivers <laughs> to Justin Herbert. Mm. Last question before moving on, both the Texans and the Chargers are going through a lot of COVID issues right now. And yeah. Joey Bosa has already been ruled out for Sunday's game. So how big of an absence will it be for the Chargers to go inside NRG stadium on Sunday without Joey Bosa? I mean, obviously whenever you're missing one of the best defensive players in the NFL, it's going mm -hmm. to play an impact. There's no question about that. Joey Bosa is leading the league with six strip sacks. I mean, it's absolutely in, insane. It's unreal for a single player to have that many strip sacks in the same season. I mean, nine sacks and six of them are strip sacks. Like, the guy gets after the quarterback, but he also gives the ball back to the offense. So no matter who you're playing, because this is the NFL and they're all professionals, the, there's, no, there's no question about that. And you're missing a guy of this caliber who can make impact plays whenever he is on the football field. Uh, it's obviously a, a massive loss. He, he's one of the highest paid uh, defensive players in the NFL. And when you look at the stats you put on the tape, there's no question as, as to why the guy is a game wrecker. So, uh, you know, the, the, the Texans offensive line from what I've seen on the left side, pretty strong. I, I would say, I mean, they, they got some good play out of that side on the right side is where you see some of the deficiencies there. And I think that's where you're, you're probably going to try to look to attack. And I think you're probably going to see some more exotic blitz packages, uh, with Joey Bosa not being out there, you're going to see some safety blitzes. You're going to see some corner blitzes. You're going to see some middle linebacker blitzes. They're really going to have to stress out Davis Mills and, and really try to make him figure out where that pressure is coming from. But um, that think that's going to wrap things up for this part uh, of the crossover. And then we're going to switch things over and get into the Houston Texans. Uh, I know I see David, Cody shaking his head. But first, before I do that, I got to tell you guys about Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports play, pro, uh, platform where it is you versus the house and head to head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who you are going up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy platform where it's you versus the house, so you know exactly what's going on and who you're going up against. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team. 
that you want to face them one-on-one. This is a never-before-seen innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid and has stat hero players clocking the odds that are four times better than normal. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions apply. All right, guys, we are back here on Crossover Thursday. Uh, Thank you guys for making us your first listen. Of course, Locked On Chargers and Locked On Texans. Uh, And so for me, obviously, since I cover the Chargers, the first question for me is about Tyrod Taylor. I mean, Mm. how how can it not be, right? (laughs) So he started the the year as the number one guy for you guys as the starting quarterback, and he was supposed to be the guy the the whole way out. But I think he's dealt with some injuries and some inconsistent play. So from someone who has been covering the Texans, who has been watching this team up close from week to week, what has his season been like? And, you know, what has that trajectory kind of been like uh, at, up to this point? It's been sad. <laughs> I have to say it just like that, David. Because yeah. first and foremost, you know, before Tyrod got here, of course, you already know about all the nonsense and the drama that was going on with Deshaun Watson. And yeah. everyone knew that the Texans were going to be one of, if not, the worst team in the NFL. A lot of people thought that this was going to be a team to go 0 in 17. However, when the Texans signed Tyrod, I looked at this from a standpoint. I said, okay, well, he's not going to be the guy that's going to lead us to the playoffs. He's not going to give us the dynamic plays that we got used to from Deshaun Watson, but he is a really solid and has always been a really solid game managing quarterback that can actually help you win a game he's not going to be the cause that's that he's not going to be the reason why you lose the game and it started off like that for the first six quarters of the season you know the the in game one Texans went out they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars pretty good and Tyrod Taylor showcased what he was able to do when healthy key word is there when healthy week two those first two quarters of 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 week two and the loss against the Cleveland Browns he looked good had the Mm -hmm. Houston Texans up 14 to 7 and at the very moment when he rushed for I believe it was a 15 yard touchdown he actually gave the city of Houston hope maybe yeah. we're not going to be so bad maybe we can squeeze out five to seven wins then all of a sudden the man pulled his hamstring and he yeah. was out for six consecutive games they put in the rookie quarterback Davis Mills and it was an up and down roller coaster to say, say the least more down than up Tyrod Taylor comes back a week before the bye week when they faced off against the Miami Dolphins and he did not look good. After that, there was a they, he did okay in the victory against the Tennessee Titans, but the nail in the coffin was his play against the New York Jets. He went out there and had possibly, arguably, the worst performance of his career, and he was pulled, I believe, midway through the third early in the fourth quarter. And the following week, David Culley, the head coach, came out and said that that you know, the Houston Texans will be moving on with Davis Mills as they starting quarterback. And, you know, it, 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 was, it was an unfortunate situation because once again, you're looking at a situation where if Tyrod Taylor was able to stay healthy, maybe he would have been able to find a home. And to me, at least, it seemed like Houston was going to be his final chance because unlike Los Angeles, unlike Cleveland, where they had really high profile rookie quarterbacks who were, it was only a matter of time before they came in and took over the starting job. 
Yeah. Davis Mills wasn't ready. We all thought that this was going to be a red shirt year and that this was going to be Tyrod Taylor's opportunity to go in and showcase what he can do. And if he can keep this team above, let's say, football hell, then maybe you bring him back for another year. Then you move on and see what you have in Davis Mills or whatever trade package that you get from Deshaun Watson. But the first six years of the of the season, I mean, the first six quarters of the season, he looked really good. But after he pulled that hamstring, he never looked the same. Yeah, speaking of Davis Mills, obviously the, the rookie third round pick he took over for Tyrod, and uh, you know what have you seen out of the rookie so far? And do you think he has any potential of being that long term guy in Houston? <laughs> that is a stretch saying long term. What I would say he does have the potential, but it of course is going to have to be the continuous development that we are seeing. Of course, when he took over for Tyrod Taylor, those first what was it three games. He was awful. I mean, you could tell he was not ready, but it was expected because he was thrown in, you know, the second half in the game against the Cleveland Browns. Then the Texans had a quick turnaround to prepare for that Thursday night game against the Panthers. And then they go up to Buffalo and get smacked 40 to nothing with the rain. And at the time, Buffalo looked like they was arguably the best team in football. Yeah, world beaters, right? Yeah. Yeah. So those first three games for Davis Mills did not look great. However, Starting week five against the New England Patriots, that's when we started to see Davis Mills start. It, it, the game was starting to slow down, and that's when we were starting to see better decision-making from Mills. That's when we started to see Mills play like an actual NFL quarterback. And I said NFL quarterback because those first three games, he did not look like an NFL quarterback. Um, but after that, Tyrod Taylor comes in, you know, gains the starter. And like I just mentioned, Davis Mills replaced him as the starting quarterback. And over these last two games, Davis Mills has looked really good. In my opinion, he has been one of the best rookie quarterbacks of 2021, especially over these last two games when he has when he has averaged 207 passing yards, three touchdowns and only thrown one interception. And that one interception is very telling because prior to Tyrod Taylor coming back in those first six to seven games that he played when Taylor was hurt, he was turning the ball over constantly, especially in those first three games that I keep referring to. Now, in terms of Davis Mills, in order for him to reach that next level, David Cully and Tim Kelly, they're going to have to open up the playbook because he has shown the ability that he can go out there, sustain drives, and actually help the Texans move the ball down the field. However, sometimes Tim Kelly with his play calling, he get a little bit too conservative and it forced the Texans points. But Davis Davis Mills has looked really good over the last two games. And, you know, I'm not going to go as far as to say he is a franchise quarterback. But what I would say, depending on how 2022 plays out, he may have an opportunity to do so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you got to give the kid a chance and, and see what he can do. Obviously, you're, you're playing at the highest level, so it's going to take take some time to get, get out there and really understand the game and know what you can do at this level. Considering how this season has gone for the Texans, it seems pretty clear that the organization is in a rebuild, <laughs> right? So what positions, besides the quarterback, uh, do you think the Texans really need to start attacking? Um, and also, when do you or how long do you think the timeline is before you expect the Texans to be competitive again? 
Um, can I say anything for 200, please? <laughs> they need any and everything. Um, gotcha. This team is in shambles. You know, I, I heard so many people compare this team. As a matter of fact, an, another guy who covered the Houston Texans here in the city of Houston, Um, we, we call him Big Sarge, but his real name, Brian Belfier, he has the perfect example that this is actually the Houston Texans from 2002, the expansion team. And, you know, if I can pick a position – off the top of my head, I guess I would have to go running back because for the second year in a row, their rushing attack has been god-awful, especially when you consider that they traded DeAndre Hopkins that started this foolishness for De- for, for for Johnson, for David Johnson. And when I tell you the, the, the running attack has been so bad, and, and, and honestly – it was that, bad last year, that but coach it's should 10 be in prison. times worse. Oh, my God. It, he like should be I in say, prison for that trade. He, he should be in prison for that trade. Oh, I, my God. I, I think prison might be a little bit too easy for the nonsense <laughs> Bill O'Brien did with that move. I would never understand it. Even when we try to make sense of it, Makes we, no we couldn't. And, no. you know, going back to the backfield, like I mentioned, it has been god awful to understand how bad the the Russian attack has been for the Houston Texans. Mark Ingram is still leading this team for most rushing yards, and he has not played a game for the Houston Texans in almost two months. Oh my god, that's how bad it's been. So, off the top of my head, if I had to pick, like I say, it'll be you know upgrading the backfield as soon as possible. In terms of how long this rebuilding process will be, what I would say. Nick Casario did a really good job in drafting the five players that he got from the 2021 draft class because Davis Mills has looked good. Brevin Jordan has looked good. Roy Lopez has looked good. Nico Collins has looked good. And by the way, I think Collins is going to be the best of the five. And last week, due to COVID issues, we had an opportunity to see what the rookie Garrett Wallow has in store and he has looked good. He is a linebacker that actually excelled in pass coverage. And that's something the Texans were actually missing over the last couple of seasons. So they have a really good foundation found foundation pieces in place in order to say, okay, we can finally start to get the kick on this rebuild that we can start trending in the right direction. However, because everything with this organization is so bad, it's hard to tell how long this rebuilding process is going to be, especially considering that the majority, if not the most important piece of this rebuild is going to come in what they're going to get for Deshaun Watson and not only what they get for Watson, what are they going to do with those draft picks? Because you can get all the first round picks and second round picks you want, but if you pick the wrong players that don't pan out in the NFL, then you wasted another golden opportunity. So, I would possibly say five years, and that might be the least. Gotcha. Yeah, so here this is my last question here, and this just pertains to this game. Uh, you look at this uh, Houston Texans offense, and it, it's very clear to me that the biggest weapon by far is Brandon Cooks. And unfortunately, Brandon <laughs> Cooks was put on the COVID uh, reserve list here. He has 116 targets. The next closest person to him is Nico Collins mm-hmm. with like 43. It, it is a- absolutely <laughs> astounding. The, the difference between Brandon Cooks and anybody else on that offense. So what does him being gone, you know, or potentially not being out there for this game on Sunday mean to the Texans in this game? Oh, man, you talking about the face of a franchise. 
And to understand how important he is, as good of a season he has been having, they're still sitting at 3-11. and 11. Yeah. So uh, what I would say is, one, not having Brandon Cooks there, of course, is going to weaken the offense. And Brandon Cooks, the, the reason why he has so many of those targets is because that's David Smeal's favorite target. I mean, there's been times where he would literally force the ball to Brandon Cooks, and I'm looking in the press box like, Nico Collins was wide open. <laughs> Danny Amendola was wide open. So, But that was also early on in his career, and it seemed like right. he was using Brandon Cooks as a safety blanket. However, you know, as you just mentioned, as everybody knows, Brandon Cooks is so important to not only the Texans offense, but to the whole entire organization because he is their leader. So yeah. not only are you losing the most important offensive weapon, you're also losing the, uh, an important voice in the locker room that can actually kind of help keep the spirits up, even though I don't think this is going to happen, but crazy things has happened in the NFL with the opportunity, with the small chance of pulling off an upset. So not having Brandon Cooks there on Sunday is really going to hurt. However, what I would say, this will actually open the door to see what we truly have in Nico Collins, because I believe he has a very dangerous untapped potential that he is waiting for the right moment to release and Sunday could be the game it could be the game if all goes well well I guess we are going to have to find out if it is in fact the game that he shows up and balls out in but uh, we're going to wrap this thing up with some predictions and how we think this game is going to go on and we're going to do that right after this but first I got to tell you guys that the Super Bowl is in L.A. this year, and the Chargers have put themselves in position to potentially make the playoffs if they take care of their business in these last three games. And as you know, Super Bowl uh, 56 is about 100 days away, and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. I also got to tell you guys about, hey, this is a great time of year to get your bets out there. There's so many interesting things to bet on. There's obviously UFC going on all year round. We got some great basketball games going on with the NBA season in full swing. Obviously, the end, the NFL is reaching towards the end of their season and heading into the playoffs. And Bet Online has you guys covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowls and season and pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorites. Favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we are back here on Crossover Thursday, about to wrap this thing on up here, and we got to get into some predictions here. But before we get into that, Cody, I think from your perspective, 
for the Houston Texans to come, you know, to go into this game at home on Sunday and pull off the upset, what do they have to do to be able to do that? <laughs> That's a funny question. <laughs> what do they have to do to do that? What I would say is if they can call up Deshaun and, and just <laughs> beg him, you know, please just play for us one more time. We sorry for everything that we ever did to you. And I promise you, if you give us this farewell game, then we would definitely trade you to your preferred destination. We would take anything back. Just give us one more farewell game. That's the way the Houston Texans can win this game. But in all honesty, (laughs) David, it's hard to answer that because all the angles that I can really look at. Yeah. Majority of the most important players are out due to COVID right now. I mean, hey, yeah, I was about to say, both seven. of these teams, both of these teams are <laughs> ravaged right now. You guys have what, exactly. nine or 10, and we got 11 people, 11 players on the COVID list. Now, only two of them have been completely ruled out because they're mm-hmm. not, they're unvaccinated, and you got to be out 10 days regardless, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you test positive. But I mean, a lot of those guys, you know, you just don't know. I mean, the Chargers, they're, they're, uh, their pass rushing group right now is is very very scary. No no Joey Bosa, <laughs> uh, and I'm not scary in a good way. I mean, you got a Uchen and Wosu that's going to be out there, and then you have Kenneth Murray, who's a, a middle linebacker. They've basically converted mid season to an edge rusher, and then you have like a fifth string edge rusher and Meke Bule that's going to be out there. Hmm. Yeah, you, know, you don't know who's going to be going out there to play safety. So because uh, Derwin James is is hurt, and you know Tavon Campbell and a couple of their other guys are are on the COVID list. So there's so it's. <laughs> Oh man, this this exactly. virus is wrecking the NFL right now. Like the, the the NFL is having to really battle through this attrition, and I mean it, it's hitting both of these teams really hard right now. Hmm. And the Houston Texans are in the same boat in terms of pass rushes because John Grenard, who is possibly, arguably, if not the best player on the defensive side of the ball. And I believe he leads the team with like eight and a half sacks for the season. He's out due to COVID. I think the third leading guy on this team in sacks, Jacob Martin, he's out due to COVID. And of course, in the last segment, we just talked about the most important, not just offensive player, but the most important player to this team, Brandon Cooks. You know, he hasn't been ruled out yet, but he's out due to COVID. So, So, like I say, it's hard because... You know, in terms of the Texans, you know, showcasing why this uh, this defensive line has actually been the best part of this team throughout yeah. the season, the two most important guys are out. And, of course, like we just mentioned, Brandon Cook. So, you know, I, I honestly don't know what the Texans will have to do in order to win this game. I will possibly say Davis Mills will have to go out there and, you know, possibly play as good, if not better, than Justin Herbert, which I Damn sure don't think that's a, that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, we, we've had a good time here talking about the Chargers and Texans and really got a lot of good information from, from you. I really appreciate that. Uh, but it is time now to just go ahead and put your money where your mouth is and throw the prediction out there. So, uh, Cody, what do you think the prediction, the score is going to be of this one on Sunday? Mm. If it wasn't for COVID, plus the Texans are coming off a win, I would say they would give a better fight. However, that's not the reality of the situation. So I'm going to go 35 to 7 Chargers. Yeah, honestly, that's right around where I was thinking as well. It just, you know, no no offense to the Houston Texans, but the, the, the cupboards right now are, are pretty barren. I mean, on the offensive side, your one saving grace was Brandon Cooks, and he, he obviously was a very dangerous weapon, but 
his status in, for this game is in jeopardy. Obviously, the Chargers are, are without several key members at the moment here, too, with Joey Bosa already being ruled out and Austin Eckler being on the COVID list and their center Corey Lindsley being on the COVID list. Mm. I mean, it goes on and on and on. But the thing is, the Chargers still have Justin Herbert and still have a lot <laughs> of other weapons on the offensive side and on the defensive side. So I just think this is a, a really tough battle, a really tough matchup for the Texans to win. So uh, I, I think I'm going to go right around with you. I think 35-7, 35-10 is probably right where I'm, I'm going to put this game. I, I just think that this one's going to be a really tough one for, for the Texans. But, hmm. uh, you know, I, I think that the Texans, they have a couple of pieces to, to build around. You know, some of those names that you mentioned, especially on the defensive side, you know, some of those young wide receivers. So it'll be interesting to see what those guys can do on this game. I am going to be at this game uh, with <laughs> my dad, um, field level, right behind the Chargers bench. So hmm. I'm super, super excited for that. Uh, I can't wait for that one. But, Cody, thank you so much for uh, jumping on with me to record this crossover. If you guys haven't already, please go follow my guy Cody Davis on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Uh, he covers the Houston Texans and pretty much all Houston sports. Like the guy is on top of it. Man. <laughs> Appreciate he, you, my he guy. Definitely, he is awesome with that. Of course, you can check us out here um, pretty much anywhere you can find your social media. And we're on all audio platforms, Spotify, Spotify. Google Play, Apple Podcast, tune in, whatever, wherever you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast and the Locked On Texans podcast there. We are also on YouTube as well. So please go hit that subscribe button. Would really appreciate that. But thank you guys, all of you guys, for checking out this crossover episode here on Crossover Thursday. And we will catch you next time. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.